Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Hit and Run Holiday Special 2021, where conversation still collides. My name is <laughs> Robbie Alexander, and I am joined, as always, but slightly new, by Natalie Dunn Billings. Does it feel better this second time? I think so. I still haven't really said it that many times. Like I, I was telling you before we started recording, I just got my new social security card yesterday. So it's now legal and now I have to start changing everything else and everything else that I have with my name on it is wrong. So now I have to start saying it and like signing my name and I really have to change it now. So it's still an adjustment. It's still weird. We'll run it through a couple times. We'll, we'll get it to start <laughs> rolling off the tongue. Happy holidays to you, Nat, and to everybody out there. Uh, this is the hit and run as we said holiday special 2021 we are in the thick the thick of the holidays have you guys been able to do any holiday fun traditions or events or merriment since you've been back from your honeymoon not really i mean we got back from our honeymoon like a week before thanksgiving so then we the weekend before thanksgiving we put up our christmas tree and all of our decorations and the lights on the house and everything and then we had Thanksgiving and we had Sam's mom over that Saturday for like their Thanksgiving. So we got a little bit of like holiday spirit there. But then since then, I mean, we haven't really had a lot of time to do much of anything we, yeah, no, we really haven't done anything. We haven't even watched a Christmas movie or listened to much music. I mean, it's just been, it's been hectic since we got back. I feel like I'm still catching up. You haven't even watched White Christmas yet? I haven't. Well, we'll, we'll ring in the holidays for you right now. We'll kick it off tonight. So last year, if you remember, we did the hit and run Christmas movies bracket. That's how mm -hmm. we kicked off the hit and run holiday specials. And a little bit of an upset was that yeah. Santa Claus is coming to town one. I don't <laughs> I think either of us were expecting that when we started. No. We'll see if there's an upset today. So we're not doing movies again. Maybe another time. Maybe we'll add some. No, no. Today we are doing, get the jingle bells ready, get those jangles, the hit and run Christmas music smackdown 2021. So we have a 20 team bracket and we could have had way more, but one, that's a <laughs> lot of work too. This is only a 40 minute show. Yeah. We'll, we'll stretch to an hour if we can, but like Nat just said, she's busy. I'm busy busy as much as we love doing this we have cats to attend to mm -hmm. and you have a dog to attend to and a sam so we're keeping it at 20 teams this is a challenge that we'll be able to do several times it was hard to just siphon it down to 20 songs <laughs> we want to do there's at least 15 that i'm upset that are off the list but we just had a we had a go for it we just at some point we were like nope these are these are the songs we're gonna do i want to say for the record though that you only asked me for six so i feel like i had no input in this in this total breakdown here so this is true i did originally ask you for six because i thought in my head we were only going to do a 12 song tournament <laughs> And when I said that to Hillary, she's like, I think that's too small. And I was like, I don't know. We, we're pretty good at the gift of gab. And I don't think it would have been too small. I still think we were good at the gift of gab. However, I started trying to write down my six and I had a lot of trouble in the opposite way I thought I would. I didn't think I'd be able to come up with six that I really wanted. Instead, I, I think I came up with a list of 27 <laughs> and then had to start taking them off. And then there were three final ones where I was like, which ones do you think? And Hillary's like, eh. So we got it down to 20. I have it seated one through five. These are okay. the top five songs that, and I think you would agree with this. 
I also wanted to keep this mostly a surprise from you. But the top five songs are roughly seeded. The number one and number two seeds are intentional because I think we both agree that those are strong contenders for the win. The rest of it is pretty random. Mm -hmm. There's one matchup in the early round that is, it's an intentional matchup. Their seedings don't really correspond to the strength of the song. It just it's was done in a way that they would match up in that first round. Mm -hmm. Other than that, this is pretty randomized. I also have the first blurb of every song's Wikipedia entry. So we're going to get a little knowledge today and it's going to be a little a little feisty but a little jolly too. This is the Hit and Run Christmas Music Smackdown 2021. Are you ready, Nat? I'm ready. All right, so we've got four preliminary rounds, and these songs are fighting just to make it into the main dance. You know, <laughs> as they in the NCAA basketball tournament, these are these the, are the, our these week are the ones. Thursday games. Yeah. <laughs> so here we go. Matchup number one. We've got sixteen seed versus seventeen seed. Sixteen seed is the Christmas song by Nat King Cole versus the seventeen seed Winter Wonderland. Let me just shuffle through my papers to find these songs. Did I forget the Christmas song by Nat King Cole? <laughs> Nope, there it is. Oh, that's a long blurb. Holy crap. In Winter Wonderland. Uh, there was not a really great way to do this. Oh, they're right. They're right on top of each other. Duh. So here's the blurb for uh, Christmas song. This will get better as time goes on. The Christmas song, commonly subtitled Chestnuts Roasting on an Open Fire, or as it was originally subtitled, Merry Christmas to You, is a classic Christmas song written in 1945 by Robert Wells and Mel Torme. A lot of foreign names in here. According to Torme, the song was written in July during a blistering hot summer. In an effect to stay cool by thinking cool, the most performed, according to BMI, Christmas song was born. Not the most played, the most performed. There's a difference. I saw a spiral pad on his, Wells, piano with four lines written in pencil, Torme recalled. They started chestnuts roasting, dot dot dot, Jack Frost nipping, dot dot dot, Yuletide carols, dot dot dot, folks dressed up like Eskimos. Remember, this is 1945. This song would uh, not be written today. Bob didn't think he was writing a song lyric. He said he thought if he could immerse himself in winter, he could cool off. So this was their form of air conditioning. That was my blurb, not Wikipedia's. 40 minutes later, that song was written. It took them 40 minutes to write this thing. I wrote all the music and some of the lyrics. The Nat King Cole trio first recorded the song in June 1946 at Cole's behest and over the objections of his label, Capitol Records, a second recording was made in August utilizing a small string section. That's the one I listened to. This version became a massive hit. Okay, well, I was justified. <laughs> Cole again recorded the song in 1953 using the same arrangement with a full orchestra arranged and conducted by Nelson Riddle. And once more in 1961 in a stereophonic version with another full orchestra arranged and conducted by Ralph Carmichael. Cole's 1961 version is generally regarded as definitive and in 2004 was the most loved seasonal song with women aged 30 to 49. What a demographic. <laughs> While the original 1946 recording was inducted into the Grammy Hall of Fame in 1974. I will say, they're not all this long. They're, a lot of them are pretty short, so bear with me. That is matching up. <laughs> 
against Winter Wonderland. Winter Wonderland is a song written in 1934 by Felix Bernard and lyricist Richard Bernhard Smith. Due to its seasonal theme, it is often regarded as a Christmas song in the Northern Hemisphere. Since its original recording by Richard Himber, it has been covered by over 200 different artists. The song's lyrics were about a couple's romance during the winter season. A later version of Winter Wonderland, which was printed in 1947, concluded a new children's lyric that transformed it from a romantic winter interlude to a seasonal song about playing in the snow. The snowman in the song's bridge was changed from a minister to a circus clown, and the promises the couple made in the final verse were replaced by lyrics about frolicking. Singers like Johnny Mathis connected both versions of the song, giving Winter Wonderland an additional verse and an additional chorus. So there's the history behind the songs. We all know and love them. Nat, who's your favorite? So interestingly, when you just said the songs, my gut reaction was Winter Wonderland. But then I had a second to think. I actually think that the Christmas song is my pick. It's so good. I was hoping you would let that go through. <laughs> it is one of my favorites. Specifically, all of these have a wider range of covers. So mm -hmm. I have specifically the Nat King Cole version in here. There's a couple songs where I'm like this specific version. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think Winter Wonderland is a fun, as they said, frolicky song. It's not technically a Christmas song though. And I could get I tired of it very really... easily. That's true. Walking in a winter wonderland. It just makes me think of the elementary school pageants. <laughs> Later on, we'll conspire. I think that it's a staple <laughs> of Christmas, but... I won't disagree with that. But I think that the Christmas song does just very wholly capture the essence of Christmas, to me at least. It's got the chestnuts on the open fire. Also, as I sing Winter Wonderland, what are they conspiring about? I never thought of that. Um, I thought they were conspiring to face unafraid the plans that they've made. Oh, what are the plans that to walk in a Winter Wonderland? Well, I think it's to get married because that's the, the original version. But yes, to frolic in the Winter Wonderland, I think. Yes. this See, this is why you graduated a semester early. You connect the dots very much more quickly than I do. But what we can both agree on... Very much more quickly. Very much more quickly. But what we can both agree on, the Christmas song moves on. Mm -hmm. Round number two. Thirteen seated sleigh ride versus... 20th seeded. That's right. This is the bottom seed. That one was kind of intentional. I like this song. A lot of people don't. Wonderful Christmas Time by Paul McCartney and the Wings. I don't need a second to think about this one. I know you don't, but we at least have to give the people the history. Starting with the 13 seed, Sleigh Ride. Sleigh Ride is a light orchestra standard whose music was composed by Leroy Anderson. The These bottom seeds have such long freaking blurbs. The composer had formed the original idea for the piece during a heat wave in July 1946, and he finished the work in February 1948, so the same start as Winter Wonderland, but way longer to finish. The original recordings were instrumental versions. The lyrics about riding in a sleigh and other fun wintertime activities were written by Mitchell Parrish in 1950. The orchestral version was first recorded in 1949 by Arthur Fiedler. I think that's Fiedler. You make the decision. And the Boston Pops Orchestra. Sleigh Ride was a hit record on RCA Victor Red Seal 49-05 
45 RPM and 10-148478 RPM because we, you know, vinyl's coming back in style. That wasn't sarcasm. I do have a lot of vinyl. <laughs> and has become one of the orchestra's signature songs. The 45 RPM version was originally issued on red vinyl. Very festive. The Pops have also recorded the song with John Williams, their conductor from 1979 to 1995, and Keith Lockhart, their current conductor. The Ronettes recorded a cover of Sleigh Ride in 1963 for Phil Spector's A Christmas Gift for You, which was commercially successful in the United States and featured in various media. American singer and songwriter Gwen Stefani recorded a cover in October 2020 for the reissued deluxe edition of her fourth studio album, You Make It Feel Like Christmas from 2017. A lot of that was unnecessary. I should vet these sources better. That's going up against Wonderful Christmas Time, a Christmas song by English musician and former Beatle Paul McCartney, recorded during the sessions for his solo album McCartney 2. It was released in November 1979 following The Wings' final album, Back to the Egg, earlier that year. It was McCartney's first solo single since Eat at Home in 1971. Wonderful Christmas Time has charted within the top 10 in Austria, Germany, Ireland, Latvia, the Netherlands, and the United Kingdom, as well as in the top 20 in Canada, Slovakia, Sweden, and Switzerland. The track is regarded as one of McCartney's weaker... <laughs> As one of McCartney's weaker compositions by numerous music critics, it has been covered by numerous artists. Are you one of those critics? That song annoys the shit out of me. Why does? Why do you find it so annoying? It's so joyous. I don't know. I don't like it. It annoys me. Simply having a wonderful Christmas time. Simply having a wonderful. I don't think it's Christmas the chorus time. that gets me. I think it's the verses that irritate me the most. The moon is out. I don't actually know the verses. <laughs> So the I've mentioned this show several times, the Rizzuto show that I listened to on my drive into work. One of the guys on the show, Moon, is a musician. And every Christmas he talks about how he hates this song. His critique of it is the constant synthesizer in the background. He said if he got rid of that, he wouldn't mind it as much. But this the bum, That's bum, also true. Bum, bum, yeah. Bum, 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 the song bah, like, bah. <laughs> musically annoys me. I think yeah. that's what it is. But also, I listed Sleigh Ride in one of my six songs. That's true. Because I have very strong feelings about it. I'm very attached to that song. Did you also march in high school to this song? So we didn't march to it. We always played the actual Leroy Anderson version in our oh, concerts. aren't you fancy. This was always and we played our Benjamin Jingle too. Fest. That's right, we did. Mm -hmm. uh, one Same year version. I got I got to do the 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 whip, which is just two planks and you whip them together. And mm -hmm. then my senior year, I got to do the sleigh bells. And if you've never seen somebody play the sleigh bells, you don't shake it like a maraca. You hold it upside <laughs> down and you you take your palm and you hit the stem. And the audience can't hear this, but to the person playing it and everybody in their immediate vicinity, you just hear this. And that is not exactly the most pleasant sound to listen to. <laughs> But no, Sleigh Ride is a classic. I love Wonderful Christmas Time. I, I can't fight for it, though. I, I got I got it on the bracket. <laughs> it's one of the reasons I snuck it under you. But you're right. I think Sleigh Ride does have to move on in this case. It is a classic. I'll save my, I'll save my I don't know, argument for when we when we need it in, in future matchups. So before if we move on. we're in agreement on, here. We are in agreement. This is okay. not a song I'm willing, as much as I love this song, right? This is not one I'm willing to fight for. It's, and okay. we also can't 
spend too much time in the prelims. <laughs> no. We're already at minute 20, roughly. Well, at least in the recording. We'll see where this is actually at. Anyways, not to ruin the magic of the podcast or the magic of Christmas, we're just going to move on Kay. to the next prelim. Before that, though, do you have one in your mind that you think is going to win this? I forgot to ask that in the beginning. Yes. You Okay. I have a feeling I know what it is, but I'll let you reveal it, but only if it loses. Next matchup, we've got number 15, Mele Kalikimaka, versus number 18, Blue Christmas. Both classics, mm. in my opinion. I'll let that marinate with you. One of the reasons we've got the Wikipedia blurbs is to let Natalie think about it a little bit. First up is uh, Mele Kalikimaka is a Hawaiian-themed Christmas song written in 1949 by R. Alex Anderson. The song takes its title from the Hawaiian phrase, get this, Melekalikimaka, meaning, surprisingly, Merry Christmas. One of the earliest recordings of this song was by Bing Crosby, somebody that, notably, is not Hawaiian. He's very much a cowboy. No, wait, no, I'm thinking of Gene Autry. My bad. Yeah, he's not no. a cowboy. He's kind of a piece of shit, but we'll talk about that with his other songs. And the Andrews Sisters in 1950 on Decca. It has been covered by many artists in New Used in several films, including L.A. Confidential, Catch Me If You Can, and the one I know it from, I love this movie, watch it every Thanksgiving, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Chevy Chase, also kind of a piece of shit, but who's counting? That's going up against Blue Christmas, a Christmas song written by Billy Hayes and J.W. Johnson and most famously performed by... Elvis Presley. Elvis Presley. It was first recorded by Doyle O'Dell in 1948. Oh, I totally thought Elvis just came up with the song. I don't know if I've ever heard any other version. Well, Michael Buble, but I digress. It is a tale of unrequited love during the holidays and is a long-standing staple of Christmas music, especially in the country genre, which is interesting because Elvis is the king of rock and roll. I don't think I would. I don't. I would consider it slow rock or yeah. blues, hence Blue yeah. Christmas. I don't think I would. I would call it a, a country song. But okay, is that was at the end of the synopsis? Yeah, there. Like I said, not all of them are just biographies. Okay, I have several thoughts here. Okay, I want to um, hear them. That I need to get off my chest before I forget them. Um, first, there are other versions of Blue Christmas. I would like to highly recommend one that is my new favorite. Still love the Elvis version, of course. Can't not love the Elvis version. But there is a version that came out last year, recorded by Andre De Shields, who is one of the original cast members of Hades Town, which is a musical I've talked about on the show before that I love dearly. They put out a holiday album last year and Andre DeShields recorded Blue Christmas and it is amazing and I love it. Second thing, knew I was going to forget him. <laughs> Something else related to Blue Christmas that I thought of when you said country. I'm pretty sure Willie Nelson has recorded this song too. See, I would listen to that. <laughs> I do have a soft spot for Willie. Now there's something else and I'll think of it in a minute, but. But Melee Kalikimaka. Has always not sat well with me because, because it feels. Because being Crosby is a piece of shit. Or because it's a white man singing... Because it's a white man singing a Hawaiian song that just feels... Because knowing icky. Bing, he probably didn't collaborate with Hawaiians. No, I don't think there was much um, cultural... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Appropriation? Well, I think there was cultural appropriation. Oh, sorry. I think that's got what my, it is. My, got my words mixed up. I don't think there was much cultural collaboration here. There we go. So that song has never really sat right with me. So I can't really in good conscience say that that's my choice. Yeah, the older I get, 
But musically. Musically, it's fine. Musically, would you place it above Blue Christmas? I don't think so. I feel like Blue Christmas is just one so different than any other Christmas song. And it's just, you can't, I don't know. I love it. It's so good. It's got that like blues kind of swing feel. And I don't think you can beat it. Sorry, I cut you off. You were going to say it never really sat. And then I cut you off. What were you going to say? That never, or that you never really liked it. I think you were going down that road. Yeah, I never loved it. Like really the only thing I knew it from for the longest time was Christmas Vacation. I never, I feel like I didn't start hearing it like on the radio and on Christmas playlists until more recently. Right. Like recent years. Interesting. Considering the conversation we just had about it. Yeah. So I don't know. People like it. I don't, I'm not that attached to it musically. And the song, the the cultural part of it bugs me. That's true. I agree with all of those. I think, I think the reason I like it is because it's on Christmas Vacation. And when I hear it, I think of the scene from Christmas mm-hmm. Vacation. Okay. I, apparently <laughs> Pumpkin has some words to say about this matchup. She also agrees that it is. She does agree. Pumpkin is very progressive. <laughs> Yeah, she should be. No, I agree with everything you said. If taking the movie out of it, I would. It's still a fun, kind of catchy song if you don't think about, you know, the shittiness of it. Mm-hmm. But also, Blue Christmas and Elvis. I think Blue Christmas stands by itself, even if it wasn't against a song that was like problematic. Now, it, it does fall in that category of what I always complain to Hillary about on the radio. Sad Christmas songs? I call them, yeah, Sad Boy Christmas. <laughs> But, but this was the original Sad yeah, Boy Christmas. Yeah, and it's the king, and it's a good Sad Boy Christmas. It's a Sad Boy Christmas I can tolerate. So yes, Blue Christmas has knocked out Mele Kalikimaka. This is the last time I'll have to say it. It's not a wise way to say it if you're not <laughs> Hawaiian. So get out of here, Bing. You're still in the tournament, though, with another song, and I don't know if, if Natalie can uh, go bad against it. I think we both know what we're talking about. We'll find out later. We're moving on to the final prelim round. All right, final prelim round. We've got the 14 seed, Baby, It's Cold Outside, versus the number 19 seed, Christmas Time is Here, Charlie Brown Gang. Hmm. Think about it. I got some problems here. You do have some problems. I knew I knew I would have to sneak the Charlie Brown Christmas song in. I have several problems here. I also figured that uh, there would be a lot of conversation with Baby, It's Cold Outside, which is what we'll start with on this list. Baby It's Cold Outside is a popular song written by Frank Lozer in 1944 and popularized in the 1949 film Neptune's Daughter. While the lyrics make no mention of a holiday, it is popularly regarded as a Christmas song owing to its winter theme. The song was released in eight recordings in 1949 and has been covered numerous times since. That's Baby It's Cold Outside going against Christmas Time Is Here, the Charlie Brown Gang. That song is a popular Christmas standard written by Vince I wish I knew his name because I listen to his music all the time Vince Goraldi Goraldi (laughs) thank you for attending my kindergarten class where I learned to sound things out (laughs) and Lee Mendelson For the 1965 television special, A Charlie Brown Christmas, one of the first animated Christmas specials produced for network television in the United States. And by the time you're hearing this, it had just aired on PBS the night before. That's right. Thank you, Apple, for buying the rights and then being like, look at us, we're charitable. Two versions were included on the album, A Charlie Brown Christmas, an instrumental version by the Vince Goraldi trio, and a vocal version by choristers from St. Paul's Episcopal Church. Episcopal. Episcopal. (laughs) (laughs) Good 
let that one go. You know what? That's fair because you let me say so many things wrong on this show <laughs> that once in a while you just have to call me out. <laughs> I may be a comm major, but that has nothing to do with the English language. Episcopal? Is that what you said? St. <laughs> Paul's Ep Episcopal. St. Paul's Episcopal Church in San Rafael, California, who had previously performed with Gorlaldi <laughs> at Grace Cathedral, 1965. Who would have thought Charlie Brown Christmas would have given me that much trouble? Those are the matchups. Baby, it's cold outside. Charlie Brown Christmas. Natalie, I know you don't like either of these songs. Let's hear it. So here's my problem. I do not like the Charlie Brown song. Oh, I know you don't. We talked about this last year. Yeah, we I talked about it. this last year. I can't stand it. And I I have no real justification for it, but I just can't stand it. Um here's my other problem though. I like Baby It's Cold Outside. Okay, that's see, I'm glad you went this way. I didn't for the longest time because, and I'm sure I've said it on the show before, my senior year of high school, I took choir mm -hmm. because it was senior year of high school. Every Friday. I think you said you told this story on Radio Feud. I might have. And Mr. Gonder, if you're listening, he has officially banned this song from karaoke. <laughs> Every Friday was karaoke Friday. And there were these two girls in my class and they decided to sing Baby It's Cold Outside. And they were really good singers. Don't get me wrong. Like there's a lot of bad singers in high school choir, me being one of them. Although I could harmonize the shit out of it with Joe, Zach Berdan, and Cody. First time they did it, wonderful. It was February, still cold out. Second time they did it, still pretty good. Third time, all right, this is getting kind of stale. Fucking May rolls around, and they're still singing this fucking song <laughs> in May. So I couldn't listen to that song forever. Honestly, just this year, I started to enjoy it a little bit, specifically the Michael Buble version with Indina Menzel. That's the other thing I was gonna say earlier that I forgot. I think that I should mention earlier rather than later that I do not like Michael Buble, and that's probably a problem here. Oh my gosh! Hold the press. Did you know that Michael Bublé was banned from our wedding? It was the only thing on our do not play list. <gasps> you don't like the Canadian crooner? However, my one concession is that I do like his version of this song. What don't you like about Michael Bublé? We won't spend too much time on this, but now I gotta know. I just think that... He sings old people music. I can concede to that, but his voice is just so velvety. I think his voice is fine. Oh my god! I think there are others that have just as good or better voices than him, but he's decided to take it upon himself to be this generation's Frank Sinatra. And he thinks he can just sing whatever he wants all the time. And he can. I'm sick of it. If anybody else did this, nobody would care. Nobody would care. Is it because no, he's do. Canadian? Other people get shit for doing this. Name who? Nickelback? They shouldn't get shit either. <laughs> you know what? It's a Canadian thing. I don't think we'll come to an agreement on this. I don't either. But <laughs> I don't like Michael Bublé. There's going to be a poll on the Facebook page. But I think that his version of this song is good. And I also, I'm very torn on this song because it's probably problematic. There are problems with it. But the thing is, I never, I never thought of it that way. I never heard these lyrics in, in that way until like way later in life. This used to be like my favorite Christmas song. So I'm glad you brought this up. Because when I was an immature freshman in college, me and Cody were like, oh my gosh, this song. And we're not going to get into it. Everybody knows the lyrics of this song, right? It was yesterday we were listening to it and me and Hillary were talking about it. The lyrics aren't bad, right? It's not like the guy's drugging some stranger. It's a very playful back and forth. Some of the phrases they use were very common in the age that it was written. The what's in this drink is the one that everybody raises the red flag. That was 
very much mm. a saying. See, th- that's not even the one that bugs me. See, the, the to, to finish the thought, because now, I, now yeah. I'm like, oh, I, I, I read this because I, I read this earlier. The what's in this drink? People used to say that all the time to like kind of be playful and like deflect conversation and be kind of flirty and like, oh, what's in this drink? You know, a little tipsy. Oh. But it wasn't mm-hmm. like, oh, somebody drugged me. So that yeah. that's the one that everybody points their fingers to. What's the one that you're thinking of? See, the ones I even pulled up the lyrics because I was like, I need to remember what specifically it is that bugs me about the song. Because I know there's like, you know, you have that like memory, like there's something about it, but I need to remember exactly what. Right. Um, but the ones that bug me now that I'm a grown adult and have more perspective are the what's the sense of hurting my pride? And yeah, that one's a little macho, uh, toxic masculinity. That one gets me. And then in like the last verse, there's a, uh, I don't know, I feel like the last verse is just like where it gets a little bit too much but um is it the lips taste delicious because i never noticed that until this year and i was like (laughs) whoa yeah gosh your lips look delicious it's Um, not that bad except in the michael buble version the music video is two kids singing it to each other and which is cute and then that's why when i heard the lyrics i my first thought was like whoa 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 what about the music video (laughs) that's weird it's like two eight-year-old kids singing to each other yeah that's weird yeah it's really that one that bugs me but i don't know i'm very torn because on the one hand i see the problems Mm. i see that it is just like a little toxic a little bit just not of our time for for many reasons that's true maybe it's not a good idea to keep singing it but i also really like the song so i don't know I don't know how to feel about it, but I know how I feel about the Charlie Brown Christmas song. I guess we just have to let Charlie Brown go through, though, because you have a strong opinion on that. Strong opinions move on to the next round. That's how this works. I guess. I guess that's probably. I don't know if I can in good. (laughs) I was joking. I I, I was joking. No, Charlie Brown's not going through. I don't know if I can in good conscience continue to fight for Baby It's Cold Outside. You're not fighting. I've chosen Baby It's Cold Outside on my end. So if you agree with it, it can move through. If you think Charlie Brown should move through, I am very glad to listen to those arguments. All right. Well, then it can go through okay. and we'll deal with it in the next round. No, I love Charlie Brown, but baby, it's cold outside beats it. I mean, apples and oranges at that point. <laughs> All right. <laughs> we're, we're at 38 minutes in our uh, a lot of recording time and we finally made it through the pre- <laughs> <laughs> Can you tell we haven't talked since your wedding? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Moving in to the sweet. No, this is uh no, this is sweet sixteen. Yeah, sweet sixteen. Here we go. That's not trademarked. I think it is trademarked. The uh the sugary sixteen because it's Christmas. Sugar plum sixteen. There we go. Sugar plum sixteen. Here we <laughs> That's go. That's better. We'll start with the number one seed. Can you guess what it is? I think is we it, all know. Is it all I want for Christmas? Is you? Versus the Christmas song by Nat King Cole. Now, we've already oh. heard the history of that, but... Damn. Hot damn. Buckle up, because this might be the longest one, as it should be. All I Want for Christmas is You. A Christmas song by American singer Mariah Carey. She co-wrote and co-produced it with Alter... I apologize, Walter. I'm going to butcher your name. Afan Saif. Afan Afan Saif. <laughs> Take what you want. 
for her fourth studio album and first holiday album, Merry Christmas, 1994. Columbia Records released it as the lead single from the album on October 29th, 1994. So we can blame this for early Christmas hysteria. The track is an up-tempo love song that includes bell chimes, backing vocals, and synthesizers. So the synthesizers work in this. Paul McCartney, take note. The song has become a Christmas standard and continues to surge in popularity each holiday season. All I Want for Christmas is You received critical acclaim with the New Yorker describing it as one of the few worthy modern additions to the holiday canon. That is something that me and Hillary talk about all the time. As far as modern songs go, there's like maybe four and this one is by far the best. It is Carrie's biggest international success, topping the charts in 26 countries including Australia, Canada, France, and Germany. In 2019, it topped the Billboard Hot 100 for the first time 25 years after its original release, thereby breaking several records including including the longest trip to number one. The following year, it also topped the charts in the United Kingdom for the first time, spending a record 69 weeks in its top 40 prior to reaching number one. 69 weeks? That's over a year. Get your act together. I mean, I realize it's a good song, but I'm not listening to this in the dead of summer. I need to stop going on tangents because then I lose my spot. <laughs> With an estimated sales of over 16 million copies worldwide, it has been certified diamond by Recording Industry Association of America for selling 10 million units in the United States, being the first holiday song to accomplish this feat. It is the best-selling Christmas single by a female artist and one of the best-selling physical singles in music history. By 2017, it had reportedly earned 60 million in royalties. Now, not to misquote or be mistaken, I am fairly certain the number two seed has the record of most sold singles of all time. At least the wiki article made it seem that way. So all I want for Christmas for you and is you versus the Christmas song by Nat King Cole. Hmm. I know I spoke highly of the Christmas song not that long ago, but I mean, all I want for Christmas is you is just, it's just so good. There's a reason it's the number one seed. It's, there are so many reasons it's good. It's just a vibe. Like it is just the best vibe. It's also great message, great song. Mm. Nothing problematic here. This morning I kind of was joking around and I was like, you know, if you think about it, she kind of sounds like a whiny kid. Like, I don't want the stockings. I just want you. Mm, Sienna. But that's, I'm, that's me being stupid. It is, it is a vibe. vibe. <laughs> it's a great vibe. It's a great love song. It's a great, great vocals, message, great vocals, great music. One of the best just, falsettos. There's nothing, there's nothing wrong with it. I never get sick of it. Which, a song like this, you could very easily get sick of, which is, in my opinion, one of the most impressive things about it. Despite it also being one of, like, the most overplayed songs ever, like, I'm, st I'm not sick of it. It's right. just, every time, it just, it's good. It's the Christmas vibe. It's very much a modern Christmas vibe. Mm -hmm. and it is the modern Christmas vibe. And as great as Nat King Cole is, and I mean, the Christmas song is a classic. The Christmas song is the Christmas vibe of the past. We must move forward into the future with Mariah Carey. In a head-to-head -head matchup. <laughs> I mean, somebody may knock her off her perch in this bracket, but we're pretty much putting a tank against a bunch of water pistols with this. I mean, it, it moves on. I have a hard time believing anything is going to beat it, if I'm being honest, but we'll see. We'll see. I think I know what is going to go up against it in the final, which is why I seeded it the way I did. But we'll see. You're right. We will see. But I mean, Christmas song, we love you. We'll keep listening to you, but not in this tournament. All I want for Christmas is you. Moving on. Next song.
versus next song. We haven't heard from either of these yet. This is the number eight seed, Feliz Navidad, versus the number nine seed, I think, most wonderful time of the year. Now I say I think because I filled out this online bracket and typed it out and some of the songs are so small that I can barely <laughs> read it on this bracket. I know it's most wonderful time of the year. I, I just don't know what seed it is. I think it's number nine. But we'll start with Feliz Navidad. Feliz Navidad is a Christmas song written in 1970 by Puerto Rican singer-songwriter Jose Feliciano. With its simple heartfelt lyrics, the traditional Spanish Christmas New Year greeting, Feliz Navidad, Prosperos Año, Felicidad, which is Merry Christmas, Christmas, a prosperous year and happiness, followed by in English, I want to wish you a Merry Christmas from the bottom of my heart. It has become a Christmas classic and has gained popularity around the world. Feliciano says he recorded the song while being homesick at Christmas, missing his family in New York and his extended family further afield as he sat in a studio in Los Angeles. He remembered celebrating Christmas Eve with his brothers, eating traditional Puerto Rican foods, drinking rum, and going caroling. That's going against the number nine seed. It is confirmed. It's the most wonderful time of the year. A popular Christmas song written in triple time in 1963 by Edward Pola and George Weil. It was recorded and released that year by pop singer, my guy, Andy Williams for his Christmas album, The Andy Williams Christmas Album. Yeah. However, the song was not released as a promotional single by Williams record label, Columbia Records that year, as they instead opted to promote his cover of White Christmas. As an official promo single from the album. The song peaked number 21 in the UK singles chart in 2007. So the UK really likes their, their old Christmas songs. There we have it. Most wonderful time of the year. Number nine seed going against Feliz Navidad. My problem with Feliz Navidad is oh that there's only gosh. two lines in the song. Every matchup so far, I think, has started with... Now, my problem with this is that <laughs> <laughs> that's not very holiday-esque of you. Where's the Christmas spirit? You Listen, you've put me in a position where I need to make these tough decisions. You know what? Next time, I'll let you make the bracket. <laughs> now, the problem with Feliz Navidad is that there's only two lines in the song. But it jam. And it's Those like two a four-minute song. Those two lines jam, man. I mean, yeah, but like, what's the point of the whole song? Why do we need four verses if it's just the same? same thing. As I said, he remembered eating traditional Puerto Rican foods and drinking rum. Rum being the key factor in this. And also, when a song slaps that hard, you only need four lines in two languages. This is the only, well, Melikligimaka, only bilingual song left in this tournament. That's got to I mean, yeah. account for something. And I don't think that inherently makes it better, though. What if I told you that he's blind? Did you know that? No, I didn't. That's yes. a fun fact, but it he doesn't make blind. the song better. He's a very interesting man. He also, we'll talk about it on another podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have time for that. I think Most Wonderful Time of the Year is a great song. I do, too. That's the thing with all of these. It's like, I love this song, but I, this song's pretty good, too. And it's Andy Williams. I can't knock out my guy just off the bat. My pick is Most Wonderful Time of the Year. I'll let it move on if you sing a line from the chorus. I will not. I guess Police Navidad's moving on. <laughs> all right, Andy Williams, you're moving on to the next round. I'm also going to write it on the bracket because I can't read it that well. I'm going to put A.W. for Andy Williams. Next matchup.
Number 13, Sleigh Ride, coming in against the number four seed, Jingle Bell Rock. Mm. Jingle Bell, Jingle Bell, Jingle Bell Rock is an American popular Christmas song first released by Bobby Helms in 1957. Happy birthday, Smo. Smo's my dad. That's not his real name. It has received frequent airplay in the United States during every Christmas season since then. Jingle Bell Rock was composed by Joseph Carlton Beale, who lived for... I'm just reading these experts or excerpts. He lived from 1900 to 1967, just in case you want to know that. And James Ross Booth, who lived from 1917 to 1976. Although both Helms and session guitarist on the song, Hank Garland, disputed this. Not that they lived that, but that they wrote it. Beale was a Massachusetts-born public relations professional and longtime resident of South Ocean Avenue in Atlantic City, New Jersey. And Booth was an American writer in the advertising business. Helms, as well as session guitarist on the song, Hank Garland, both claimed until their deaths that it was they, not Beale and Booth, who wrote the song. They claimed that the original song by Beale and Booth was called Jingle Bell Hop and that it was given to Helms by a DECA executive to record. This song, according to Helms and Garland, had little to no resemblance of the current song. That tasty tidbit, by the way, was not in the original paragraph. So that was the most useless original paragraph so far. So Jingle Bell Rock versus Sleigh Ride. I know mine. Let's see yours. Show the hand. Mm, my pick is still Sleigh Ride. See, my pick is Jingle Bell Rock. It is one of my favorite Christmas songs. Have you ever seen the Carlton, the famous Carlton scene from Fresh Prince of Bel-Air? Jingle Bell Rocks comes on and he starts, they're decorating. We just talked about a vibe of a song. Jingle Bell Rock <laughs> is a vibe. It is a vibe. I don't, it's I don't so dislike good. Jingle Bell Rock. I love Jingle Bell Rock. It's got such a great and simple guitar it's very reminiscent of Chuck Berry in that early rock and roll sound. I Don't get me wrong. I also love Sleigh Ride. Just like you love Jingle Bell Rock, I love Sleigh Ride. But I think Jingle Bell Rock, for as, for as iconic as Sleigh Ride is, I think Jingle Bell Rock is a more unique song. There are a ton of orchestral Christmas songs out there. Not as many that vibe like this. That's a fair argument. I think Sleigh Ride is the best one, though. In some definition of the best, <laughs> yes. In other there's no. I stand pretty firm on this. I think Jingle Bell Rock, you dance to Jingle Bell Rock. You don't dance to Sleigh Ride. If you do, people think you're weird. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Do we need to flip a coin on this one? Because I'm, I'm pretty, if I had a fight for a song on here, I'm pretty sure it'd be Jingle Bell Rock. I think that I can concede Sleigh Ride. Okay. I think you're right that Jingle Bell Rock is the unique song. It's, I think it's the standout of the two. Can you feel okay with that moving forward? I think so. Okay. Because it's only going to get- I'll be sad about it, but I think I, I think I feel okay about it. The decisions are only going to get more difficult from here. So Jingle Bell Rock, number four seed, moving on. Almost had an upset there, although only five of these seeds are actually made up intentionally. Well, six. I intentionally put Paul McCartney at the bottom <laughs> as much as I love that song. All right. Jingle Bell Rock, moving on. Next matchup. We have the number five seed, Last Christmas by Wham, versus the number 12 seed, Let It Snow. Hmm. Let it marinate, like a juicy Christmas. Mm, 
mistake. That's what people do. As I talk about Last Christmas, a song by British pop duo Wham! with the exclamation point. Originally released in December 1984 on CBS Records internationally and as a double A side on Epic Records with Everything She Wants in the UK. Described as a high watermark of mid-80s British synth pop songcraft, it was written and produced by George Michael and has been covered by many artists since its original release. That is going up against Let It Snow. Let It Snow, Let It Snow, Let It Snow, also known simply as Let It Snow, is a song written by lyricist Sammy Kahn and composer Jewel Stein in July 1945. It was written in Hollywood, California during a heat wave as Kahn and Stein imagined cooler conditions. I believe that's the third song that was written in the summer yeah. <laughs> because of lack of air conditioning. Maybe that's why songs suffer so much now as far as modern Christmas day songs is because now everybody has <laughs> air conditioning. No one's inspired. Just start, media scenes start taking hammers to Hollywood songwriters, see what they come up with. Despite the lyrics making no mention of any holiday, the song has come to be regarded as a Christmas song worldwide due to its winter theme being played on radio stations during the Christmas and holiday season and having been often covered by various artists on Christmas themed albums. However, in the Southern Hemisphere, it can be played during the winter months of June, July, and August. And in New Zealand, some play it at Matariki, which I briefly looked at and it looked to be some celestial event. Interesting. So we've got Last Christmas by Wham versus Let It Snow. Again, I know who I want. I think I know who you want to. I think everybody knows who I want. And I know who you want, judging by the tone of voice and what the, the listeners can't see, the, the shake of the head and the... You, just, you look down and you're like, oh, God... I just feel like everyone's going to be mad at me for disliking all of these songs. I don't think a lot of people like <laughs> Last Christmas <laughs> I don't like for the Last record. Christmas. It's, I get that it's a jam, it makes me man. feel the same way that Wonderful Christmas Time does. Like every time I hear it, I just groan internally because I just don't, something about it, I just don't, like it's like grinding in my ears. I just Last don't like it. Christmas, I, I like it. Okay. I should qualify that. I like Last Christmas more than I like wonderful christmas time fair but have you heard last christmas covered by taylor swift i have do you like that version i don't dislike it okay i say i feel like that's how i feel about this song and i say that a lot i think mm. that i don't dislike it but i don't like i wouldn't fight for it i think that's how i found out that i do like this song so much is because taylor swift released her own version as uh, this song still slaps and if both versions slap then the song itself must be a slappy song. My gums started flapping because I was saying <laughs> slap so much. <laughs> Um, I do like Let It Snow. I think it's just a... It's, it's... It's cute. It's a good vanilla pudding of a song. That's fair. Let it snow, let it snow, let it snow. I guess I just snow. don't have strong feelings about either of these songs. So if I said I want Wham to go through to the next round... I think I could allow that. Oh, no. Oh, no. I think what? you should, because then it's going to go up against Jingle Bell Rock. Mm. Maybe I should have had more control over this bracket. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Wham it is. Wham it is, especially because we are <laughs> swiftly running out of time. All right, next matchup. We've got White Christmas, the number two seed, versus Blue Christmas. Oh, we could have had Bing against oh, Bing. Man. 
We could add Bing against Bing. I like the white Christmas versus blue Christmas, I though. do like that, too. Either way, <laughs> this matchup was going to be legendary. All right, so we already heard about blue Christmas. White Christmas is an Irving Berlin song reminiscing about an old-fashioned Christmas setting. The song was written by Berlin for the musical film Holiday Inn, released in 1942. The composition won the Academy Award for Best Original Song at the 15th Academy Awards. Since its release, White Christmas has been covered by multiple artists, with the version sung by Bing Crosby being the world's best-selling single in terms of sales of physical media, with estimated sales in excess of 50 million copies worldwide. When the figures of other versions of the song are added to Crosby's, sales of the song exceed 100 million. Now, there are certain songs in here where some of them is the song in general, no matter who sings it. Some of them, it's, no, we are talking specifically about Mariah Carey's All I Want For Christmas Is You, specifically Nat King Cole's version of the Christmas song. With this, it is specifically Bing Crosby's White Christmas because it is the number two seed and I just came up with that rule. White against blue, what say you? <laughs> well, as as you have alluded to leading up to this, um, and, and as can be seen by last year's Christmas special where I fought vehemently for White Christmas the movie, which was made in reaction to the fact that White Christmas the song was so popular after they released Holiday Inn. Um, and they're both just movies made based on Irving Berlin songs, mm -hmm. um, which is great. White Christmas is my favorite movie of all time. Favorite Christmas movie, favorite everything movie. It's just, it's like my comfort movie. But not your favorite actor of all time. There, there are some issues with Bing Crosby. I think though, if I don't, I'm not saying this just because I want to like fight for this song. I think genuinely, if we want to argue like the morals of every individual artist, we'd have a problem finding any songs we really like. like no, that's, that's not the point of this. <laughs> Of this bracket. The bracket is for the songs. Yeah. Every celebrity... Listen, Mariah Bing Carey Crosby is not a... a yeah, Mariah Carey is a diva. I'm not a huge Mariah Carey fan. That being said, her song is amazing. <laughs> yeah, and I, I will I will say that fully. Bing Crosby was a dick. Everyone knows it. Yeah. But I love this song. Yeah. I love Bing Crosby. I'd fight for this song sung by anyone, but especially Bing Crosby. I'd fight for it by uh, Michael Buble. <laughs> the lyrics of this song just resonate with me so much because it's everything that I love about Christmas. Um, you know, I love snow. I love the white, like the white Christmas. Like that's, that's me, my, my whole like essence is this song and what it's talking about. And so that to me is just the most important thing. And it's so whimsical too, with the mm -hmm. bells in the background. It's so dreamy. It's so good. He's truly, I mean, he's a crooner. Like that's, mm. he, he was so famous for a reason. The man had a golden voice. His voice was amazing. I love Blue Christmas too. I do too. Tip of the hat to Elvis. You have a ton of other records. You were more critically acclaimed than Bing, but in this bracket. But I think that White Christmas just needs Number to two, be recognized. Man. Yeah. Number two is moving on for good reason. Next up. We have the number seven seed, Home for the Holidays, versus the number 10 seed, I Saw Mommy Kissing Santa Claus. Let's start with Home for the Holidays. There's no place like Home for the Holidays. It's a popular song commonly associated with the Christmas and holiday season. The music was composed by Robert Allen while the lyrics were written by Al Stillman. The song was published in 1954. Going up against the number 10 seed, I Saw Mommy Kissing Santa Claus is a Christmas song with music and lyrics by British songwriter Tommy Connor and first recorded by Jimmy Boyd in 1952. The song has been since covered by many artists with the Ronettes version from 1960. 
1963 being the most famous covered version. Short, sweet, and to the point. I know what I want. I think you know what you want. I'll mainly put it on here for a quick antidote. Are we both in contention for Home for the Holidays moving on? Mm, yes, absolutely. Because that's also just a classic feel-good Christmas song. one of song. my favorite Christmas songs. And since that blurb was so small, is that Bing Crosby too? Or is that Gene Autry? Gene Autry, I'm pretty sure. Okay, so that's moving on, clearly. The only thing I want to say about I Saw Mommy Kissing Santa Claus is when we were driving to Hillary's mom's house for Thanksgiving, they already had Christmas songs on and we're like, it's close enough. We put it on the radio. It's a half hour drive to her house and that song comes on and I made some kind of joke essentially saying what if mom because we all know the song it's funny because mom's really kissing you know dad dad mm -hmm. is Santa Claus once you're an adult you know that and I made a joke saying something along the lines of, oh, wouldn't it be funny if Santa was a real person and mom was like actually cheating on, on dad? And Hillary's like, what do you mean? That's what the song's about. And I'm like, no, it's not. It's cute and funny because it's dad under the costume. <laughs> she had gone 25 years that she's been on this good green earth thinking that the song was about infidelity. <laughs> <laughs> And now really I bring fun. that up to everybody. So that's why that made it on the bracket. Not really because of the song itself, but just because the story made it even better. But yeah, there's no denying. Home for the Holidays is a classic. Mm -hmm. Moving on to the next matchup. Baby It's Cold Outside versus the number three seed, Carol of the Bells, specifically Trans-Siberian Orchestra's version. Mm. Well, that makes it easy. Yeah, it does. So we both agree on Carol of the Bells. Yeah. It's so good. It's, yeah. mm, you know, some songs are just, mm, right? Mm -hmm. Welcome to the Black Parade. Mm, you just, mm, you We almost got tickets to see the Trans-Siberian Orchestra this year. It's one of those things that's always like, we should do that this year, and then we just never do. But this year, they're in Columbus on the 26th this year, Ooh. and Sam was looking at tickets in the morning that they went on sale, and there were $50 tickets available. So we were like, hell yeah, like that's great. And then that evening, we got on to buy them, and all that was left was like $80 tickets, and it's like, ugh. They go quick. That is on my bucket list. My cousin Jason went a couple years ago, and he said it was one of the coolest concerts he's ever been to. I'm sure it is. I would love to see them. Are we just agreeing right now here? Carol the Bells moves on. Yeah, we can just, we can just call that. Yeah, so I will do the blurb real quick. <laughs> because we can't deny them their moment in the sun. Carol of the Bells is a popular Christmas carol with music by Ukrainian... We're really doing this because I'm going to butcher more names. With music by Ukrainian composer Mikola... Leonchevich in 1914 and lyrics by Peter J. Wilhowski. The song is based on the Ukrainian folk chant Shydrik. Wilhowski's lyrics are under copyright protection owned by Carl Fisher Music. The music is in the public domain. The music is based on a four-note ostinato ostinato. I shouldn't I took band. I should know these things. A four-note ostinato and is in three, four time signature. The ringer of the B-flat bell though feels it in six, eight time. The carol is metrically bistable and a listener can focus on either meter or switch between them. It has been performed in many genres, classical, metal, jazz, country, music, rock, trap, and pop. The piece has also been featured in films, television shows, and parodies. And then I specifically looked to see when Trans-Siberian Orchestra came into play. 1995, Sabotage recorded Christmas Eve slash Sarajevo 1224, an instrumental heavy metal 
metal medley of God Rest Ye Merry Gentlemen and Carol of the Bells. The song became the number one requested song on the influential New York station WPLJ, which led to the band gaining label support to form Trans-Siberian Orchestra and create a new album based on the song. So Trans-Siberian Orchestra was originally known as Sabotage. Hmm. So that's Carol of the Bells. We all know it. We all jam to it. Moving on to, thank God, <laughs> the final matchup where I have to read. These seem like such a good idea. Although the Carol the Bell one was clunky. For any music majors or people that study music that just listen to the dribble of that, me trying to <laughs> dissect that, I sincerely apologize. So this was the one matchup that I intentionally made. Seatings don't matter in this. I just want these to match up first. Frosty the Snowman versus Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. I feel like we don't need need the background. Actually, we got background on both of these last year when That's we talked true. about the movies. So I feel thank, like we can skip it on these. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Frosty versus Rudolph, both classics, both classic movies. I don't know. I had a clear-cut winner. I was thinking about it on my way home from work today. And I get the more I think about it, the more I don't know. So what was your what was your first thought? My first gut reaction was Rudolph, who I believe you had on your list of six. Mm -hmm. But then I think about the song themselves because I like the movie Rudolph better than Frosty. But then thinking through the whole song, I do like Frosty the Snowman. It is very feel good. However, I keep settling on the end of the day. Rudolph is also feel good. You've got the the alternate version with the underpants. I mean, it's when you talk about classic Christmas songs. It is a top five classic Christmas song. I don't know if you can say that about Frosty. Frosty top 10 definitely, but top five, I don't think so. I think that Rudolph is, Rudolph's my pick. Okay. I don't think I have to think about that very hard. Um, but I also was thinking about it because I knew that you matched these two up. And I think that Rudolph has a greater like cultural impact. Mm -hmm. Like I think that Rudolph has just become a staple of Christmas. Whereas Frosty is not as, like if I don't hear Frosty the Snowman at all during the Christus Christmas season, I feel like I'm not like, oh my God, I haven't heard that song yet. It's like I do hear it and it's like, oh yeah. But Rudolph... You think of it and you just can't, you can't replace it. You know what I mean? I mean, it's baked into Christmas lore now. You cannot think of Santa's reindeer without thinking of Rudolph. So much so that when there's movies and most Christmas movies don't have Rudolph because he's trademarked. I was going to say. They're talking about the reindeer and there's no Rudolph. You always are slightly caught off guard and you're like, well, where's the main man himself? It's funny, actually. So we were at Disney on our honeymoon and we went partially because, well, one of the cool things about when we went was that it was the first week the Christmas stuff was available and we did this like Christmas after hours thing that we paid extra for and we were in the park for four extra hours and we got our own like Christmas parade and fireworks and stuff and it was amazing. It was so cool. Best part of the whole trip. But anyway, so there was a Christmas parade and we were watching it and of course the end of the parade is Santa and his reindeer and it was really funny because we were standing there watching and we see all the reindeer and I was like something's weird here and then I was like oh yeah Disney doesn't own Rudolph they can't do that it's the one <laughs> thing they don't they've listen they've been working at it for years I bet behind I'm the sure scenes. they have but that was funny because yeah it's it is you just he's supposed to be there so I think that Rudolph definitely wins. Oh, yeah. All right. We are in the home stretch. We're elite eight, but I think it's going to move pretty quickly. And I, looking at this, I think I got the top five seeds pretty correct. Or do I say so myself?
So back around the bracket. All I want for Christmas is you versus most wonderful time of the year. Hmm. Any discussion? I don't, think that one's, I don't think that one's really a contest for me. I don't want to just like, all I want for Christmas is you is better than every song because I don't I don't know that that's necessarily true. But, but between I think these that two songs. Most wonderful time or most, yeah, most wonderful time of the year is probably the weakest of the possible contenders. Now, if we were doing a bracket and don't put this past us for future years where it was a bracket of the best Christmas artists of all time, Andy Williams would make it very far. Mm -hmm. I would make sure. <laughs> However, Mariah is the queen of Christmas at this point. With you just can't, one song. Don't give her the, <laughs> yeah, with one song. Although she does, I didn't put the song on here. It will be on another bracket. She does a cover. Everybody does a cover of this song. Um, Baby, Please Come Home. Mm -hmm. And I think this is the first year I've heard this cover of it. I don't think it's new. And goddamn, she rocks the boots off of that too. <laughs> one of the best falsettos in the business, I will say. I think that All I Want for Christmas is You is, is the winner here though. It is, by far, yeah. That's moving on to the semis. Next up. Jingle Bell Rock versus Last Christmas by Wham. Wham. Okay, well, between those two, definitely Jingle Bell Rock. I know. I Listen, I love Wham. <laughs> I, if me and Deadpool have one thing in common, it's our love of Wham. <laughs> However, Jingle Bell Rock, come on. It is, ah, you just listen to it. It's cozy in a way that it has that nostalgia factor, but also, I don't know. It's It's just such a unique song, I think. I don't know how to describe it. Probably because I'm starting to run out of words and exhaustion. Because <laughs> this may be the longest podcast we've ever recorded. Oops. But even so, I think Jingle Bell Rock is just such a good song. So we're we're pushing you through to the semis. Other side of the bracket. White Christmas versus Home for the Holidays. Oh no. I love both of these, and I know you do too. Oh, this is like the hardest matchup for me because these songs both like feel the same. Oh, you know no what I mean? Place. I have not heard Home for the Holidays that much on the radio. Kind of. Going... I don't think it's ever been that popular of a song, which is weird because I love it. So the re one of the reasons I love this song, or I guess just my like nostalgia for this song is when I was a kid and you know, we still had tape players, like cassette tapes. Um, I had a cassette that I later realized was um, Trisha Yearwood, who is married to Garth Brooks. And at the time I didn't know that or know who she was. And also a renowned country artist herself with a Food Network cooking show. <laughs> True, and she's excellent. But I had her Christmas album on cassette for some reason. Like I think my mom might have had it or something. And her cover of Home for the Holidays, I just loved it. I can't really place why, but I just, it was my favorite song. I would rewind the tape over and over again just to listen to this song. And it was like the middle track. So you couldn't just rewind to that. You had to listen to the song before it too. But it was my favorite song. I just loved it so much. But I think it is just, it's such like a warm, fuzzy feeling. Mm. Whereas White Christmas, the thing that I love the most about White Christmas is that it is, and this is demonstrated by the movie White Christmas, um, it's a very versatile song. I think that it does have sort of that warm, fuzzy feeling, like it's very sentimental and sweet and kind of homey, but it also can be kind of melancholy, and I kind of like that about it. Because, if I'm not mistaken, I, I have watched parts of the movie. Isn't it at the very beginning of the movie, and they're in the middle of war, and he's singing this at 
this makeshift Christmas pageant, essentially. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, that's how the movie starts is they're like putting on a Christmas show for all of their war buddies in, yeah, in the middle of the war because they can't be home for Christmas. And so he's singing this song and everybody's like really sad because they, they're dreaming of a white Christmas and they don't have it. So, so I think Nazis. that, right. And then at the end it's happy and they sing the same song and it's like a Oops. full circle resolution. Spoilers. Well, you've had plenty <laughs> of time. You've had a whole year to watch the movie. I think I've had my whole lifetime to watch this movie and then you some. Have. But, uh, I think the it's multidimensional. That's you know? a good word for it. And to me, I think that that's important because as much as, and see here, you can tell, this is the song I'm really putting the energy into. As much as the warm, fuzzy feeling is like what we want from Christmas the most and the, the hype Christmas vibe, there can be some melancholy to Christmas and it can be sad or it can be, you know, not always super happy. And I think that that's important. And I think that White Christmas is the most, is more of a widely applicable song. Although I think Home for the Holidays has a very good sentiment as well. I agree with all of that. White Christmas is moving on. I do love Home for the Holidays because he's talking about all of these people he meets and somebody's going for some homemade pumpkin pie and that just rings true to me. But you're right. White Christmas has so many levels to it. Reason, again, it's the number two seed. <laughs> it's moving on. Final elite, that's trademarked. Fin what's a final elf eight matchup? Look at us go. <laughs> Carol of the Bells, Trans-Siberian Orchestra versus Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Now, we haven't really talked about Carol of the Bells. Well, there's not really much to say. It just rocks. Talk about apples and oranges. <laughs> I know. Oh, I like apples. Do you like apples? I think that... Hmm, this is hard. How do you compare those two songs? You don't. This is your fault. Um, it's not my fault. Uh, this part of it was randomized, so <laughs> it's the bracket generator's fault. <laughs> hmm. So I guess, what what are the criteria we're judging these on? You've been a part of this podcast for 50 plus episodes. <laughs> there is no criteria. We make it up on the fly. That's not, well, what is the criteria we're using right now? Give what, me some criteria. How do honestly, we compare whatever these two you're songs? just feeling. Because I feel like... You can't overthink it. No, you can't. I, I love the intensity of Carol of the Bells. I do. I don't know. I thought Carol the Bells was going to be a shoo-in. And as soon as but, I announced them, I was like, oh, shit, do we have a Cinderella story in the making? But I think that Rudolph is just too, one, I think it's too important. Like, it's just, mm -hmm. like we said, it's a staple. It's a marketing it's just machine. Too, <laughs> that's true. Um, but it's just too important to Christmas at this point. Oh, my gosh. And, oh my gosh. well, I love Carol of the Bells, and it's super oh, awesome. It's, ah, we, we are going to buy, both buy tickets to this eventually. <laughs> It is, oh my God. I don't know. I feel like it's more, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is. Like it's its own little category of something, but I wouldn't like roll it into the whole Christmas thing. No. Does that make sense? It's very unique. Mm -hmm. And it kind of stands apart from, from everything else. And that doesn't go against it. No. Take into consideration everything we've said about Rudolph. Man, we almost had seeds one through four make it through. <laughs> And I thought, I, when I looked at them, I was like, Carol the Bells, obviously. And then as soon as I said them, I was like, oh, no, we're about to have an upset. Although Rudolph was number six. That was not announced. Rudolph was technically number six. Frosty was technically number 11. The generator flipped that. And I was like, oh, no, Frosty doesn't get a six seed. Sorry. <laughs> so it's a not a huge upset, but an upset nonetheless. So Rudolph's moving through, right? Yeah. All right. We are down to the final four.
All I want for Christmas is you versus Jingle Bell Rock. Hmm. What are your thoughts? Oh my gosh. I feel like I mean, this come is your on. I feel like this is your matchup here. It's not. I hate you, Mariah. All I want for I I love, I love Jingle Bell Rock. If I'm being a unbiased judge, just do you want to just say it's no, we gotta do this fairly. It's I mean it's Mariah, you're moving on. I'm even just going to put Mariah in this bracket, in this little bubble. It's Mariah, all right? Mariah, you're, you're moving on. Mm-hmm. Other semifinal, Santa semis. There we go. <laughs> White Christmas versus Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. I'm going to let you decide this. I mean, I think I still pick White Christmas. Yep, that's that's exactly how I said this was going to shake out. When Hillary was like, yeah. who do you think is going to make the final three? I was like, I bet you it's White Christmas and Mariah in the final two. I was like, I don't really know who's <laughs> going to make it after that. Brain says been, Mariah, my heart says White Christmas. but I've been preparing, trying to prepare mentally because I knew it was going to come down to this. So here we have it. This is the... Frozen final. No, shoot. That's NCAA hockey. Fuck you, NCAA. This is the fresh as fuck finals. Frosty finals. Well, no, because Frosty's not. Well, I guess Frosty dropped out. And now he can be a, an official sponsor. Frosty finals. <laughs> not Wendy's. The snowman. All I want for Christmas is you. Number one versus number two. White Christmas. Man, this is such a hard choice. We've given the merits of both. So I I don't really know how many merits we can talk about. This is just making a decision. I still just feel so strongly that White Christmas is, I feel very strongly that White Christmas is like the best, the most well-rounded Christmas sentiment, I think. However. However. It's like we said from the very beginning, Mariah is just a vibe and it's unparalleled. And I don't know which is better. Now, this is a decision that's going to get controversy. This is a decision that would switch for both of us, depending on the day we recorded this, depending on the year, the hour. If we waited to record this two hours later, this might be a different result. I think I have a feeling who is number one. At this moment in time, at this Natalie Dunn, at this exact moment in time, in this realm, universe, multiverse, brain firings. Are you done? Yes. That's giving me time to think. I think I have my answer. I think I, I think I know your you look torn, which makes me think I know your answer. I am torn. I have my uh, my vote is cast. Okay. It's a shallow vote, <laughs> but it's a vote. Now, I'm willing to be persuaded. Oh no, shoot, now I'm thinking about it. Fuck me. So here now I'm torn. Okay. <laughs> my votes, I'm taking my vote away. I don't know anymore. Here is where I think we can make a decision because at the end of the day, this is really what's the most important. Mm-hmm. Which of these songs could you listen to at truly any given time? That actually changed me. <laughs> Because, I don't know, I feel like with these two songs, they are different. They're super different. So it's hard to directly compare them. But to me, the only way you can compare them is like, which one is the most universal to Christmas time? So like, which one would you listen to more frequently than the other one? I mean, one of these I have listened to more frequently than the other. And it's not the one that I've been marching through this bracket. See, this is what happens when you're given time to think, which is a good thing. I'm not Mm -hmm. complaining about this. Oh, no, Nat. This is a really hard decision. And we did this to ourselves by putting ourselves in this position. Why do we do these bracket challenges? (laughs) I don't know. I think it was your idea, so it's your fault. I have my vote. 
Are you sure? I'm sure. Okay. I still don't know. <laughs> you still don't know. I feel like I just need to do one of those like gut, like make a gut decision. Yeah. So I'm going to have you say yours first. And if we differ, we'll keep talking about this. But obviously if we're the same. But I don't want my my vote to sway you. Okay. All right. I need you to just like count me down. All right. And then I just need to say one. Five, four, three, two, one. White Christmas. Yep. Oh my <laughs> God. <laughs> I almost, I almost did it, but I can't. That's what in I, my heart. It, when I went to say it, I was always hesitant. <laughs> With Mariah Carey, "All I Want for Christmas Is You," I was not has. I didn't feel weird saying "White Christmas." Mm -hmm. It feels it's not because good music is good music, but it feels shallow for some reason to pick "All I Want yeah. for Christmas Is You." I mean, and I don't know why exactly. You put it perfectly. The complexity and the depth and it hits every single emotion and it's a classic i've probably listened to this song 25 times this christmas season i've listened to mariah carey's seven eight times <laughs> i listen to a lot of christmas music but still as much of a bop as all i want for christmas is you i i feel very comfortable with white christmas i think so too i don't even think this is an upset that was just a well that was a bare knuckle brawl listen every competition there can only be one winner mm -hmm. we're sorry but I'm not sorry. I feel very good about putting this song into the winner's bracket. So there you have it, folks. If you're still with us, thank you. <laughs> so we yeah, got I don't think there. we have time for the what we learned today. We got there. The people that are still with us are probably driving <laughs> a long way these these holidays but white christmas is your winner of the h and r christmas music smackdown 2021 bracket challenge if you liked what you heard make sure that you follow us wherever you listen to your podcast podbean spotify google podcast apple podcast we're pretty much everywhere and we're we're, we're growing this is it for this year this is the last one, 2021. But guess what? There'll be no more next year. We don't have plans yet, but there will be plans. So stay tuned. Check us out on the Facebook page. We don't post a lot, but we post important announcements. When we post the episode, we want you to sound off. Who would you want to win on this? We'll post the bracket. We'll post a clean bracket. If you want to fill one out yourself, send it to us. We would love to see it. We'll post the finished bracket. Who would you crown? Do you agree with our choice of White Christmas as the winner? Would you go with Mariah Carey? Would you go with somebody else? Charlie Brown Christmas? I'd have a discussion about that. Let us know. Happy holidays, everybody. We're super glad that you tuned into this. It was... It's been a great year of Hit and Run, let me tell you. We've had some great episodes. I hope you feel the same way. Talking to you, Nat. Oh, yes. <laughs> She's like, talking to the public. Let me think about that. I talked to everybody. But before we go, you know, we got to do it. Listen, I had three pages of Wikipedia. So uh, you got to tell me, Nat, what did we learn today? Ugh. I wasn't prepared for this. We learned that, well, it didn't come in first. Mariah Carey's All Out for Christmas is You is a very close second. So close, we almost couldn't call it. And it is the ultimate modern Christmas vibe. But we also learned that the best holiday vibe is the warm and fuzzy feeling and sometimes melancholy that you get from a white Christmas shared with friends and family. Happy holidays, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. This has been the Hit and Run Podcast Holiday Special 2021, and we'll catch you next time. Mm -hmm.